the fire situation in B.C. and the rest of the country and a lot of talk about uh, why those fires are happening and many drawing some parallels to the situation with climate change. It's a lot really to take in. And after listening to all the stories day after day after day, some people really find it more challenging than others. And it becomes a bit of a mental health issue at times. There is an impact over the concerns over wildfires and climate change on mental health. And someone that's taking a look at this impact is Julia Payson, the executive director of the Canadian Mental Health Association's branch in Vernon. She's going to join us now. Julia, thanks so much for spending some time. I think it's important to really address this topic. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, you know, when we talk about, especially in the Okanagan, all the things that have happened over the last week alone, it really is a lot to take in. Now, you working with uh, Canadian Mental Health and the association's branch there in Vernon, what do you see and what are some of the concerns that really are uh, need to be addressed? So obviously, for a lot of people who are directly impacted, an, an evacuation, being on evacuation alert or, or an order, obviously there's uh, an immediate physical safety concern. Um, there's a concern over... Uh, People's homes, we're, we're now finding out, a lot of people are finding out whether or not uh, they've lost their homes. Uh, we're in a period where people are, are getting to go back in, in some situations. But I think in any any crisis like this, in, in an event like this, obviously the, the stress, the trauma is is acute and it starts, it starts right away and has a, a direct impact on some of those folks. Um, but we also know that, that for everybody else, you know, um, who may not be directly affected by these orders. There's also stress for them. There's fear. Um, you know, we, we, we have actually almost a clear sky right now, which is incredible, but we've been, we've been under orange skies uh, for quite a while. And, you know, often we think about people who have experienced wildfires before being prone to things like some uh, triggering events, post-traumatic stress. But we also have folks who have been through wars who find actually the smoky skies are, are very triggering for that. So, you know, you can have the mental health impacts of the immediate uh, event that's occurring uh, that's causing the stress and anxiety, or you can have these peripheral pieces or even things that people don't necessarily associate with a wildfire, like uh, an experience um, living and surviving through a war zone. I like that you addressed uh, a very important topic and one I've been thinking about over the last couple of days. We've been talking so much about evacuations and there are people, I've got my own friends who are refugees from other places and when they are told about evacuations and hear the word evacuation, they may not even admit it, but they may have a very emotional response to that because they've lived through something that is so serious with evacuations, being a refugee. Do you come across that? We do, and we come across it for people who are refugees. We also come across it, um, you know, with, with some of our folks, our elders in the community who, um, you know, may have gone through this decades and decades ago. So it, it may be recent. It may have been quite a while ago that someone experienced, but I think it's one of the reasons it's so important. You know, the key messages we, we, we give to people in these times is reach out for help. You deserve help. You you are worthy of help and feeling better. And also go and, and look for those who we know, you know, 
um, might need extra help, reach out, um, find people in your community who may need extra support because the ability to support others also helps our mental health. So, so definitely it, it, there's a, a really important consideration there. Julia, you touched on this one, but I want to paint a little bit of a picture here, but I'm just doing it with words. And quite often that's how we get information about crises is through listening to radio or watching things on TV or reading a paper. But this is very sensory for somebody that may be in or even relatively close to a wildfire situation. You mentioned the sky. I've seen wildfire skies, especially around sunset. They can be considered beautiful. They can also be very eerie when you think of some of the impacts. You can smell the smoke. It's all around you. And also, in many cases, you're breathing in and tasting that smoke. You've got everything working there that's really sensory and then the information. That combination, what does it end up doing with our mental health? Well, we know that when if you've got that many different things coming at you, right, it, it is going to really hit the different areas. I think one piece that we when we talk about the smoke and, and you know, for, you know, for us here, you know, we had this isn't our first fire. So, you know, we have people who are being affected by this fire who were just affected two years ago. We have people who were just getting their building permits. We're just getting keys after rebuilding from 2021. So, you know, people who've been through the wildfires and you smell that smoke and you see it, that that all comes right back. On a really practical level, though, and, and this kind of indirect impact on our mental health, we need to be able to deal with our stress, right? That's a really key thing. We live stressful lives. An acute event like this carries a lot of stress, but we need to be able to process that stress physically. And when there's a wildfire and there's smoke, you can't go outside. You can't go take that big, long walk that'll make you feel better or go for a run or, or you know, all those different things. So I think we've we have a, a compound of kind of an immediate event. We have our environment affected. And then we also, in many cases, have our resiliency tested or our, our healing because our coping our coping ways aren't quite there for us. When you think about folks who are in an evacuation, you know, when you've packed up your, your essentials and your, your family and your pets and you've gotten out of there, you may not have the, the things that normally calm you down, the things that make you feel better. You're, you're not, you know, able to go to your gym the next day necessarily because you're in an evacuation center. So we lose all of these pieces that we use to help cope with these really hard feelings and very real feelings um, at the same time that we need the most. So part of what we really try to do is support people getting access to that, uh, finding ways to still do that. And, and I think we see community come together for that. We're talking with Julia Payson, Executive Director of the Canadian Mental Health Association's Vernon Branch. Uh, Julia, how does somebody know they need help? Like if they're feeling something and maybe questioning, is this really a mental health issue or am I just, I don't know. How do they, how do they know? I think the first thing is, is that, so there's really common experiences in a traumatic event. You know, there's really feeling sadness, feeling anger, overwhelm, numbness, you know, maybe having trouble concentrating, um, being really tearful, struggling to sleep. Like these are all natural reactions. And um, often, you know, they're really strong and they go on for maybe a week and then they start to fade. 
But what we also know is that, you know, in the acute phase, in the first phase, when there's things you've got to get done, you know, it's, it's easy to get through that. You've got people around you. You kind of feel this community resilience and, and resourcefulness. We know for a lot of people that the hardest part is actually after. The hardest part is regaining a sense of control, um, getting, getting your day-to-day activity, your day-to-day life back to normal. Um, for people who have lost their homes, they're going to be in a temporary location, you know, a temporary rental or, or home for, for maybe a couple of years. And where, where people start to know is, you know, are they struggling? Are these symptoms affecting your ability to ha- to go about in your day-to-day activities? Um, honestly, you don't have to be in crisis to call something like, one of one of our crisis lines in BC. You know, it's super easy to call the crisis line. It's three one zero six seven eight nine. Anywhere in the province, you can call a crisis line. You don't have to be in crisis. You might just need some extra emotional support. And I think a lot of us across this province need that extra emotional support. And it's okay to check in. These symptoms are normal. These reactions are normal. Sorry, these reactions are normal. But if they start to impact our day to day life. Then definitely get some get someone and say you know what I need some help with this and again reach out to those who might also need help just oh. step up and see what you can do because that helps us we know that yeah and I'm glad you also mentioned that one reach out to somebody else that you think may need help somebody that's uh, going through or has the potential of being in a mental health crisis may not know it so what do we look out for? in people that we work with or our loved ones, any signs that we can look for? Yeah, I, again, we can we can look for people kind of not behaving in ways that, that we know them to normally behave in. And you know what? You don't have to see anything. You can just check in. You can just say, I mean, right now we're starting our meetings at work saying, hey, how are we all doing? And, and you know, when you talk to people right now here in the Okanagan, most people are, are struggling. And being able to be honest about that and talk about those feelings and talk about what those struggles might be is the key to ensuring you're a safe, you're a safe place then. They can talk to you and they might come back to you later and say, I'm still struggling, I need more help. And, you know, one thing that's really cool, I already talked about crisis lines, but I'll talk about it again. If someone's really struggling and they don't know what to do, you two can actually call a crisis line together and you can like dial it for them and you can talk together and, and help them see if there's resources that, that are available to them that might be there. So I think just be aware that, you know, everyone is, is struggling in many ways all the time, but in a, in a, in a time like this, um, being open and honest about it and making space yeah. for those conversations, that's, that's a really good way to find out. Julia, thanks so much for your time. Very important topic. And I hope we all picked up a little bit of uh, advice that we're going to act on.